Defenders Nation, what a day. Welcome to episode 203 of the most LAFC podcast on Earth, Wales, Italy, Mexico, wherever else that these airwaves hit you. Welcome to Defenders Nation. This is Defenders of the Bank. You know my voice. I am the scarf, J.R. Liebert, and sitting uh, four and a half feet or so to my left here in beautiful Lawndale, California, is one Christian Philly Philemon. Oh, Scarf, I appreciate that introduction, and to use some Tennessee sayings, I'm going to say I'm feeling sexier than socks on a rooster, my friend. It is Sunday, going into Monday for us. That's right, socks, sexy, rooster. Bet you didn't put that on your Defenders bingo card. It's uh, it's that kind of a day, Defenders. Another day in which we get to enjoy quite a plethora of things, moments, milestones, firsts. Ah, good stuff to talk about today. Philly, you like to call them pinch me moments. You've said it over and over again that we are living in a time of pinch me moments. And this was yet another one. The LAFC debuts of both Giorgio Chiellini wearing number 14 and Gareth Bale wearing number 11. And I guess the debut of Jose Cifuentes is number 20. That was, it's going to take some getting used to. One Edward Atuesta, formerly number 20 for LAFC. That's that's going to take a little getting used to for us. But you know what? It was a beautiful thing down in Nashville. 92 degrees, 62% humidity in Nash Vegas. More on that in a little bit. We got to hang out at Rockin' Riley's. Had a real good time on the campus of USC. See, I went to LMU, and it was a it was a dry campus up until I think it was my senior year when they decided they would put a bar on campus. So to say that I was at a bar, they've had bars on campus at USC forever and ever and ever, but LMU was a dry campus. It was kind of neat. And I know you parked uh, on the opposite side of campus, so you could actually walk through it. Yeah, we walked by a couple of fun things, a bar called Stouts, and Panda and I were talking about this. Like Indiana, believe it or not, my freshman year, uh, we were the number one party school in the country, as per Playboy magazine. Shocker. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's Wichita State, my friend. Ah, yes. Uh, But we never had bars literally on campus. They were slightly off of campus. But you walk by Stouts, and then you walk by one of the nicer Starbucks I've seen, and then thankfully, she didn't drink enough to warn a trip to Lululemon, but that's where <laughs> Rockin' Riley's is, right across from a Lululemon. So I know after a couple of beers and, uh, of course, some fish and chips and some other those tasty treats, there's no way I'm squeezing in any Lululemons, my friend. Yeah, look, I can't even afford the pants at Lululemons, let alone fit into them, so it really doesn't matter all that much. Uh, it's like, uh, I don't know. You've been losing weight, though, my friend. You've been looking rather saucy, Look, uh, I, sexier than socks on a rooster. That's my friend, the scarf, right now. I, I am trying. I'm trying to turn myself into a summer scarf, back from one of those winter puffy scarves. But uh, <laughs> look, down almost 40 pounds. We're getting there. Guys, Amazing. We have, we have Wait, what's, what's the trick? What's been the secret? Uh, cocaine. No. Um, Whoa, the, uh, family friendly I know. Scarf. That's scarf actually making that joke. No, that's not the secret. I was kidding. Uh, it's really not. I promise. No, look, I've changed my diet. I I have to have ankle surgery at some point. And so I went to the doctor and they were like, hey, yeah, we will totally put you on the calendar for ankle surgery as soon as you lose 50 pounds. And and I was like, oh, yeah, no problem. That should be easy. And then went to my car and just cried. Uh, I stepped on the scale and I was 292 pounds. That is a true story. I do not play lineman for the Rams. No, I play podcast for LAFC. <laughs> and it was uh, it's very, very different. 
I look. I, I looked on the roster. There are a bunch of guys that play O line for the Rams that aren't two ninety two. They're they're actually smaller than that. So look, it was a it was a check me moment where I had to figure out my whole life right there on the scale. And so look, I changed my diet. I've had some help from my doctors, and I'm just working really hard at it. I also, and this isn't going to be a permanent thing, I promise. But I have not had a sip of alcohol since June twenty second. And that was a LaCroix, by the way. That was Philly opening up a LaCroix. I just thought you missed that sound. He does have a rather large red wine glass sitting next to him, though. But yeah, I've given up alcohol for the time being. I've completely changed my diet and down almost 40 pounds, which... Look, I already feel a thousand times better. So we we got another forty two to go. Well, from what they say, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. <laughs> Although I also subscribe to Frank Sinatra's saying, in which I feel bad for sober people because the only time they'll ever feel good is when they wake up in the morning. Oh yeah, look, I uh, I, I miss it. I miss eating regular food. I've been very strict on these diets. I've done a really good job. It's not something that I can sustain long term what I'm doing right now. But that being said, about thirty days of a program. And and look, no complaints. So that's been good. I uh, it's dude, the pizza smelled so good today over at Rock and Riley's. I couldn't do it though. That was it, it was good. I will give it that. It was good. It was. Um, I've never heard of Detroit pan pizza before. I asked the dude. I'm like, is that Detroit? The one with the sauce on top? I, I asked him like Detroit. I'm like, is it like Chicago? He goes, yeah, it's exactly like Chicago. I'm like. All right, Motor City. Yeah, party on, Wayne. It's, uh, party on, Garth. It was uh, it was nice and thick and doughy and bready, and those are things that carbs, I carbs, carbs, Look, carbs. I've had you didn't, you didn't so need them. I've wanted. I don't need them. All of them. Honestly, I I need to lose weight. I want. I'm just afraid of like. I did spend most of June sober, with the exception of a few days on a cruise. Right. And I'll tell you though, the, the nice thing is you sleep better, you certainly lose weight, but more importantly, you think clear. Are you thinking clear? I don't even. Do know you, you feel as about. foggy as you once did? I don't feel foggy. I feel hungry, hungry right now. But that's okay, Philly. I had a blast on Saturday, by the way, over at Lowe's. I went out to the uh, to the event with Flex. We had a great time with Ollie, Sunny, Ken, and Jason. Uh, 980 La Mera Mera was there as well. And of course, our, our good friends over at Flex, we had a great time. They were, they were demoing some tools. They sold a few. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was a, it was a good day down in Hawthorne, 120th and, uh, and Hawthorne, I think it was 120th and I don't know. It, it was 120th and Crenshaw at the Lowe's out there, right across the street from the 24 hour fitness. I should have gone there after I went. That's it, actually where I was on Saturday. That's hilarious. But in Burbank. Oh, okay. Yeah. So look, it was it was a good time there on Saturday. Thank you to our, our friends at Flex for inviting me down to that. Uh, Rock and Rallies was great. But Philly, you know where I would have rather been? Nashville. Nash Vegas. Nash Vegas is such an incredible city. And I, I spent three years in the Midwest at Indiana University. And the only reason it was three years is because I loved it so much. I spent every summer session there. I graduated in three. And we, the thing about Indiana, their license plate says the crossroads of America. To me, that always meant, hey, you get through us to get to cooler places. And that <laughs> certainly was the case because Nash Vegas is only a few hours away from Bloomington. And we used to go there all the stinking time when they had the pan view of, of the downtown area right by Bridgestone Arena. You're looking at like Tootsies, you're looking at Honky Tonks and so many other cool bars. Yo, Nashville is not a city to sleep on. It's such an amazing place. You, you, you grow in appreciation for country music. Yes, this is coming from a New Yorker, straight up from Queens. That We're not supposed to stay, say stuff like that, but that was incredible. The food's incredible. Bachelorette parties galore. The barbecue is incredible. The drink specials are awesome. Uh, 
Inflation is a mother. When we walked into Rock and Riley's drink special, six bucks. Since when are drink specials now six bucks? You're in LA. That's cheap. Yeah, but that used to be the regular price for beers in New York. A drink special was three. Drink special, six. What in dim dare tarnations is it regularly? I'm telling you, this is LA, my man. You're right down the street from, obviously, Bank of California Stadium, the Coliseum, Staples Center, not too far down from there. You can go to Staples Center and get yourself a $24. Yeah, I hear, look, I'm I'm sticker shocked, but I'm not exactly from a a small podunk town. Like, I am from a small town in New York. It's called Queens. Like, (laughs) sticker prices don't shock me like this, but man, inflation... Just recorded over 9% last month. Certainly seeing it at the bars. Yeah, no, look, it's expensive everywhere. I was just in uh, I was in the supermarket at Vons, and I just feel like everything has gone up a dollar or two more. But that being said- 40 so did, bucks for four so did our size chicken breasts. So did our LAFC seats, but they didn't go up all that much. We got an extra game for it. And, and look, I'll say this to everybody out there who got their season ticket renewals. Make sure you check your email. Those went out. Uh, I, I thought the price increase, look, if we're signing Gareth Bale, Giorgio Chiellini, we re-signed Carlos Vela, we've got another DP coming, and for our tickets to have only gone up just a little bit compared to what they could have gone up, and we get the extra game, 18 games next season, I was actually pleasantly surprised. I was, yeah, I mean, I was I'm surprised it didn't break a certain level that I yeah. would have anticipated it yeah. to break. But that being said, like, I will tell you, like, our, our Founders Club's great. Obviously, you get the all-inclusive, the, the the beer and the wine, the food. Stuff like that is incredible. You get the FIFA view. It, it's great. On sunny days, you don't burn to a crisp like right. people in Figueroa. But um, those Founders Club tickets are more expensive than Rams Club. Like Even if you had the $100,000 SSL, you're only paying $37.50. Yeah. The, the Founders Club at LAFC is a little more than that. I don't know what it is in field because I can't speak for field, but Founders is more expensive than a Rams game. And look, I get it. I get it. But I also kind of don't get it. But I'm going to sign that five-year contract because, well, that's the only way I'm really going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> look, I, I've signed my five-year contract already as well. And uh, I'll, we'll be back for five more years at the very least. I wish we could do for a 10-year, but we can't. And uh, like you and I have said, oftentimes we are we're probably going to die in those seats. Those are I gotta find a way if they ever do replace our seats, Philly. Like if they ever get like dirty or broken or old or whatever, those have to find a way into either Philomonster Studios or wherever it is that we'll be recording. I mean, I think it's only fair, especially like having been there from the beginning and obviously signing it. That this what'll be like five another five years. So by the time this contract ends, you and I will have sat in Founder C for approximately ten years, uh, and we'll obviously be a little older, a little grayer, hopefully not wider. I I know we're not growing anymore vertically but I certainly don't want to grow horizontally. Look, Um, I think oh, we might have taken that long off of our lives on Christmas Tree Lane as well. So. Yeah, no, that's that that or all those shoeies. Uh, that, that, <laughs> that, that's for sure. There is that team, and I think it's in Spain. Um, I don't. Sevilla comes to mind. I'm not sure if anybody out there knows what I'm talking about. There's an amazing story about a season ticket holder, and I'm pretty sure it's a La Liga team at the very least. If somebody can actually answer this for me, I would appreciate it and I would buy you a beer. There's a season ticket holder there that was there for decades. I mean, decades to the point where upon his passing, the club just put a statue 
in that seat so nobody else could ever have those seats. I would like to think that at some point in another 20, 30 years, you and I could earn that accolade. At the very least, <laughs> well, they could... We're going to die in 20 or 30 years? Yeah, yeah with a heart attack, like like an El, like El Trafico, whatever, down the road. But oh, at the goodness. very least, maybe like they retire the number 80 and 83 with like a microphone right next to it. It was Valencia, by the way. Oh, Valencia. dang it. All right, Valencia. That's right. Oh, wait. That was... Uh, oh, yeah. Javi Perez's old team. That's right. Right, right, right. Uh, that's Vin- right. Vincente Navarro Aparicio's bronze statue now occupies seat number 164, row 15 of Tribuna Central at Valencia CF's home, Mestala. Well, you there know, you I said to the anybody who DM us that I'd buy them a beer, but no, I ain't buying you ish because you ain't drinking. But I won. Uh, yeah, he apparently, by the way, this is a great story. He is member number 18 with Valencia in the club. Jesus. 18. So apparently he just sat down and they built the stadium around him. I mean, he's a national treasure right there. He absolutely is. He turned blind due to a detached retina about 40 years ago, but that only got him closer to the club. That is unreal. Yeah, it's a crazy story. Real. Wow. Football. It is life. That's incredible. That is so cool. Anyways, uh, just want to remind everybody that the Mauricio Mofasio Futsal Court in Southeast LA fundraising effort is underway. The LAFC Foundation, the 3252, and LAFC are partnering to build a futsal court in Southeast LA in Mo's honor. And you can find the link to donate in our bio. Please donate if you can. And also, if you're not already, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Defenders of the Bank and on Twitter at Defend the Bank. Of course, that's bank with a C. Oh, and uh, make sure Uh-oh. to if you haven't subscribed yet, YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. we got we got some YouTube stuff going on now too. We're starting to put some stuff on there. That's going to be a lot of fun. We hope to have some really fun news to talk to you about in just a couple of days or so. Let's get into the rundown for our show. First, we've got this day in LAFC history, news and notes, a very quick look at both the Las Vegas Lights and Angel City Football Club, and then of course the breakdown in Nash Vegas. And we'll look at the standings on the schedule where Philly, we get to say once again that we are best in the West and best in MLS. That's right. So let's get into this day in LAFC history. We are recording this on Sunday, July 17th at about 1024 p.m. And now we have something for that date because I didn't have anything there before. But let's look one day ahead because let's be honest, that's where you're most likely listening to this one day ahead uh, 718 2018. Uh, the U.S. Open Cup quarterfinal came to Bank of California Stadium where we defeated Portland 3 to 2. And Philly, yes. you'll remember that match as the one that Portland protested as a result. Uh, they pr- protested the result, excuse me, due to LAFC's purported use of too many international players. And then Adama Diamande turned around and accused Portland's players of directing racial slurs at him during the match. Uh, neither of the uh, accusations were substantiated, apparently, according to MLS. The three goals for LAFC, an own goal by David Guzman, and he certainly had his troubles when he was with Portland. Carlos Vela and Marco Ureña round out the scoring oh, Australia's in Australia's finest. And, yeah, right? On the 29th in 2019, unfortunately, the Battle of Los Angeles round four went to Carson 3-2 at Dignity Health Sports Park. It was a brace for Carlos Vela and a hat trick for Zlatan. And Carlos Vela becomes the fastest player in Major League Soccer history to 20 goals. That would be in just 20 games. 
But what we remember that for, in addition to just losing the Derby Philly, that was the game where Mohamed El Munir got his face broken by Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Ugh. I remember seeing the x-rays for that. That was simply terrible. If you guys want to have a fun Google session, Google Mohamed El Munir's x-rays after that uh, elbow by Zlatan over his eyeball. Ugh. That is this day in LAFC history. Philly, some news and notes. And as we get set, Philly, to play Sporting Kansas City in our next match, I just wanted to take a second to congratulate Red Card Roger, Roger Espinoza, on picking up his 10th red card in Major League Soccer games. He is now three ahead of anybody else all time in Major League Soccer. We won't get to see him next week, Philly, when we take on Sporting Kansas City. No red card, Roger. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, they could go from uh, players to bring them up from SKC2. They could bring players in from the University of Missouri at Kansas City. They can bring players from the Kansas City Comets. It doesn't matter because Peter Vermees and co., are awful this year. It could be the makings of a trap game. Yep. Don't want to get too ahead of myself, but man, sport in Kansas City is one of those cautionary tales of, oh, how the mighty have fallen. Yeah, they do not look great under Peter Vermees right now. They're even calling maybe for a change at the top. That would be, Peter Vermees is an institution in Major League Soccer. That would be quite interesting. Now on to LAFC News and Notes, Philly, and the first one. Congrats to Ilya, to Chiki, and to Carlos Vela on being named 2022 Major League Soccer All-Stars. We, of course, are super happy for all three, Philly, but especially Chiki Palacios getting his first All-Star game nod. However, we got to find a way to get Sifu into that game, Philly. I get it. You're totally right. But for those that are questioning what the heck happens, we put a post on Defenders about five days ago, determining, not determining, but letting you all know exactly how All-Stars are chosen. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, we all had the opportunity to vote in the players that we want. And I, probably like you, and probably several of the millions, and millions. picked an entire LAFC squad <laughs> to be biased, and obviously one that we thought would be uh, applicable one that you know we would understand would be very competitive. I think against that League meant we had to vote for Danny Masovsky, right? Yeah, if I mean, I like correctly. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. absolutely. So what it breaks down though, so a third of the votes come from the fans, a third of the votes come from the media, and also a third of the votes come from MLS players. So that to me is the most important part of it because it's your peers that vote you into these scenarios. Yep. And I have no doubts that Jose Cifuentes was probably mentioned several times. Perhaps he's even on the cusp waiting on deck if there's a player to get injured. But Cheeky Palacios getting selected, that is really cool. Ilya Sanchez, he's... He's oh, well. He had a faux pas today and a couple yeah, faux pas in the past, Jesus. but like, des well, deservedly so. And obviously, like, this wouldn't be an all star game without Carlos Vela. I look in my closet. I got a 2018 Carlos Vela all star jersey. I got a 2019 uh, Carlos Vela all star jersey. There was no all star game in 2021, so I don't have that jersey. And you and I both have that black 2021 MLS all star jersey from the time the game was played at the bank. Yep. I'm very curious and interested to see what the next all star game jersey is going to look like because I know for a fact that'll be the next time where MLS and LAFC separate me 
from my wallet. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get yourself another Carlos Vela jersey, or are you going to get somebody different this time? Uh, I, I mean, I'm going to keep it consistent. Like, it'd be I like cool it. to get cheeky. It'd be cool to get Ilya, but like, I literally, this would be my fourth Vela. So to right. me, it's like, let me just keep that streak going because we don't know how much longer it's going to last. Yeah, it turns out Carlos Vela is pretty good. The All Star game, by the way, is on Wednesday, August 10th, for all of you looking forward to the Major League Soccer All Star game. Three days before we tackle Austin yeah, at home. That's going to be a huge. No, Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte. The uh, Fighting Al Rates. Uh, congrats, congrats to Al Rates, by the way. Congrats to Al Rates. Yeah, did you see? Like he, uh, so I guess he was in Nashville. Oh yeah, yeah, for the awards or for, something. Yeah, right? for I guess I don't know people within his position. Yeah. that I mean Charlotte won an award, so I mean our hats off to to Al. I mean it's pretty incredible the yep. career he's had. I mean yeah, he worked for a bit at the Galaxy. He worked for the Sounders. He came by for at LAFC. Director of Match Day Presentation, a couple of seasons. He gets the nod to go over to Austin, does an amazing job there. Goes over to Charlotte, and obviously that first inaugural game they had against yeah. the Galaxy was incredible. And I don't know, St. Louis starts next year, so I'd be <laughs> curious to see. Al, you going to St. Louis, buddy? No, no, no. You know what? If Al Smart, he'll wait for Vegas. To yeah. <laughs> or, or you can go to St. Yeah. Well, you know what? St. Louis is a pretty cool town, but I don't know if I would leave Charlotte to go to St. Louis. I for sure would leave Charlotte <laughs> to go to, uh, to Vegas, but here... USL teams. Did you hear? I guess like Hawaii's in talks to get one. And then the one city above all that I would love to see a professional team, New Orleans. Yeah, that look. Oh my God. Going to New Orleans, I would, that would be it. That, I don't even know what would happen if I were to go see a You would not come back alive. I've been I, there a dozen it, times. No exaggeration. Literally 12 times. I'm surprised I made it back alive. It would be rough. Congrats to Sifu and Vela on making the MLS Week 19 Team of the Week. Sifu was named a starter and Vela was named to the bench. How about our old boy Christian Ramirez, man? Starting off his second season in Scotland with a bang. He scored both goals in Aberdeen's 2 nothing win over Peterhead, which I promise is not a team from Family Guy, in the Scottish League <laughs> Cup group stage. Are they stage. from Pretoria? Christian Ramirez was Aberdeen's <laughs> leading scorer last season with 10 goals, and he has certainly started it off right with two more. Let's talk for just a second, Philly. Wait, before yes. we do that, can we congratulate one other party? Always. We got to congratulate Ernst Tanner. Oh, <laughs> go on. All right, so Ernst Tanner. You have a special soft spot for Ernst oh, Tanner. Oh, yeah, of the Philadelphia Union. Um, very much upset at the fact that LAFC managed to sign Chiellini and Bale on TAM deals. Uh, he went on record by saying, well, I, I don't have the exact verbiage, but, you know, they don't think that we played by the rules. Uh, and of course, his accusations, his disclosures, and his presence within the media earned him an MLS fine. Yep. Comments made to the media that called into question, without factual basis, the integrity of Major League Soccer and the Los Angeles Football Club. Those comments were without merit and are in violation of the league's public criticism policy. Look, we're going to apologize to many of you teams beforehand. Gareth Bale, Giorgio Chiellini, eventually Ronaldo, eventually Messi and whoever else. They're not going to RSL. They are not going to the Columbus crew. They are not going to <laughs> Minnesota United. They are certainly not going to FC Cincinnati. Why, you ask? Why? It's in the caption itself. How do you go from Spain to Skyline Chile? It's I, crazy. There's but, nothing more that I want to see right now than Cristiano Ronaldo in a Real Salt Lake jersey. There's nothing more that I want to see than that right hey, now. It makes sense, right? He goes from Real Madrid to Real Salt Lake, right? 
I just I don't I wanna, know why I said that. Oh, I, oh, are you Rocky Balboa? <laughs> I, was talking, I was thinking the Philadelphia Union. He, hey, yo, I mean, look, it's a great segue because I'm going to talk about a guy named Adrian in a minute. But that was that was pretty <laughs> solid. I I do want to I, I do if you guys want to hear the truck backing up out of uh, this was a uh, this was your boy Tanner where he later attempted to clarify his comments, saying in a saying in a statement to ESPN, several parts of the various quotes were not in response to the question that is printed and was not represented in the manner I intended. I said in the interview, and I will reiterate again, that I believe everything was done in compliance, says your boy Oh Ernst my God. Tanner. If I can steal two words from the great Degeneration X, <laughs> suck it, Ernst. <laughs> that was the truck backing up there from Ernst Tanner. But Philly, we're going to go from Rocky Balboa to Adrian Fine. Is Yo. it Fine? Fiend? Fane? Fine? Uh, we'll go with fine. 23-year-old, formerly of Bayern Munich, apparently trialing with LAFC. And a lot of people, Philly, think that the uh, the move that we're going to talk about real quick next, the uh, Pancho Ginella move to uh, to Uruguay, they think this might have something to do with why Adrian Fine, Fane, Fiend uh, is in camp with them since making the senior squad at Bayern, where he never actually played. He's bounced around from Hamburger SV, which is also not from Family Guy, to PSV Eindhoven, to Gruther Firth, to Dinamo Dresden, and, and hasn't really caught on in any of those places. Uh, known more as a defensive midfielder, he's tallied 15 goals and 33 assists in 170 matches. What do you think of Adrian I, Fine. I can tell you he's a much he's bi- he's bigger probably and more aggressive than that of a Pancho Janela. Um but I'm not convinced. I mean, he's only played less than a handful of games within the Bundesliga. Really played the majority of his career in the Zweite Bundesliga. Came up within the Mannschaft system but never made it past the U21s or the U23s, um one of the two. Um I'm not entirely convinced. I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, Philly's going to be excited because there's a German on the team. Yeah, but no. Uh, he's had a fall from grace, a big fall from grace. At one point, he was valued right around what I guess Carlos Vela would be valued at now in terms of a market value. But since he hit 21-22, it's just been a disappointing downward yeah. spiral for him. And... I know we say a lot of things about MLS. It's obviously not the best league in the world. But I'll tell you this. I feel like a, like LAFC would be substantially more competitive against a Bundesliga 2 team than uh, than a lot of other... No, I think I think LAFC would actually compete quite well in the Bundesliga 2. Um, that being the case, I feel like this might be the last attempt for this kid to actually resurrect his career. I don't know if the team is going to sign him, but... He's valued roughly similarly to what Pancho is. Uh, Pancho going uh, from what we're been told a, a year loan to Nacional back into the Uruguayan Primera División in, in Montevideo, so he gets to go home. That's kind of cool, but I, I, I don't know. I'm not convinced. I'll um, I'll know more later, and as will you. Yeah, look, the weird part about that Pancho Ginella move, Philly, is uh, first of all, he's 23, right? Super young. Uh, LAFC. Pancho or Adrian? Pancho both, and Adrian. Both. Yeah. Uh, LAFC has not confirmed this deal, but Nacional was all about it on their Twitter. Uh, Bienvenido Francisco Ginella, al club gigante was the first line there. And, and look, he is, according to Nacional, he is on Nacional. According to LAFC, crickets. 
That's what we've got. So uh, I, I don't know what to JT make of that. JT doesn't need to report anything until he feels like it. But uh, clearly, uh, what does drunk JT think about is what I want to know. That is a <laughs> hilarious Twitter follow if you guys aren't following He's taking JT. a shot that he got rid of him. I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, one last guy, Philly, that, that we've come to, to know and love and miss at least a little bit. Last week, Toronto FC and Bob Bradley have acquired Mark Anthony K from the Rapids in exchange for... Midfielder Ralph Prizo, a 2023 international slot, a 2023 first-round super draft pick, and somewhere around $1 million in general allocation money spread out over three or four seasons. I feel like Toronto gave up a lot. That is an awful lot. Ralph Prizo is young. This kid is like a young, solid midfielder, and Toronto just gives up on him. Look, they've got a lot of talent there between Schaffelberg and Nelson and Okello and Marshall Rudy and and a couple other players there, and a bunch of Italians now all playing in Toronto. Bernardeschi and Insigne. That's that's crazy. That might be my, my Eastern Conference team I have to start following. But, man, that's a lot to give up for one Mark Anthony K. no longer in Colorado. So congrats to Mark Anthony K. on reuniting with Bob Bradley. We'll see if that's a good thing or not. Philly, real quick, Las Vegas Lights update. Having not played there since July 2nd, the Lights travel to H-E-B Park to take on the Rio Grande Valley Toros. The Lights emerge victorious 1-0 behind Morton Bjorshall's 27-minute strike. The Lights were outshot 27-3, lost the corner kick battle 16-1, were outpossessed 60-40, and still found a way to beat Rio Grande Valley 1-0. Now, Philly, I I was looking that up there. H-E-B Park. There are apparently 340 stores in Texas and Northeast Mexico for the grocery chain H-E-B, a chain founded by Florence Butt and then renamed by her son Howard Edward Butt, thus the initials for H-E-B. And again, this is not something from Family Guy. This is real. Have you ever been into an H-E-B? Dude, I've been to Texas a ton of times. I I never even heard of an H-E-B, but I'm... This is the school teacher in you. The fact that you even went and dug that deep to find the accurate. I was thinking of clever, funny things to call H-E-B Park. I found one. Howard Edward Butt. I mean, I I don't think I could come up with an acronym that's better than the actual (laughs) name of the guy that it's named after. Good Lord. Weenie and the Butt. My favorite is it got changed from CC Butt and Co. stores to H-E-B because someone had to be like, we can't put Butt and Co. (laughs) 97.5. Weenie Weenie and the the Butt. butt. That's a family guy reference. Which, by the way, that is a Family Guy reference, and I have said this before on podcasts. When we were talking about different things, and I came up with Philly and the Scarf, it definitely was an inspiration thinking about Family Guy's weenie in the butt. I'm not going to lie. True story. When did you come up with Philly and the Scarf? When we were sitting at, remember, we, look. Well, we had the names. we, We had, right. But like. When I said, like, oh, my God, this is perfect. It's like an old radio show. And and the only thing that popped into my head was I was like, yeah, I remember Philly, like Family Guy. And you were like, weenie in the butt? I was like, yes, exactly. Okay. Weenie okay. in the well, butt. Okay. I, I thought you were going to say you nicknamed me. I'm like, no, no, not at all. Not at all. Not, it's on your arm, misspelled incorrectly. Uh, Leave me alone. <laughs> and look, quick Angel City minute. I promise we'll get to the game in just a bit. Angel City FC defeated San Diego in their first ever derby 2-1 behind goals from Captain Ali Rodgers. Riley and ACFC's newest member, Claire Emsley, their new number 10. Their next match, however, was postponed due to COVID as either Angel City, the North Carolina Courage, or both had an outbreak of COVID. And we don't actually know which one it is. Uh, Angel City's next match, Philly, is July 30th against my favorite 
NWSL player Rose Lavelle, Megan Rapino, and the OL Reign. That's that, going to be a fun one. That's a busy weekend, man. We got the Sounders coming to the bank on the 29th. Yep. We got Megan Rapino on the 30th. Oh, man. Rose Lavelle, man. I, my, I, I'm more just yeah. I get you like Rose. Player. I like I would take Rapino over Rose Lavelle if I was starting my NWSL team. Well, she's a lot older, and I think this might be one of her last couple seasons. Uh, I think Rose Lavelle is a lot younger and will play for a lot longer. But veteran leadership scarf. I, I will say this: we got to go see. Actually, unfortunately, Philly was the only one not there. Uh, Panda and yeah, Nina. Because I was at Rock and Riley's. You were you were at Rock and Riley's for that game. Panda and Nina and I got to see the OL Reign play Angel City up in Seattle. And we got to watch Megan Rapino play. And look, all due respect to anybody else that was out there on the pitch, it was clear that Megan Rapino was the most gifted athlete Absolutely. out there on the pitch. Broken ball. Uh, so that's it for our Angel City Minute. That's it for all the other stuff that we talk about before we talk about the match. And we are now, we're going to transport ourselves to Nash Vegas Geodis Park. Geodis Park. It's like a logistics and transportation company, I think. And Philly is literally currently biting the microphone. I'm just antsy. <laughs> I don't even know what just happened. Uh, Philly, our first trip into Nashville, the first meeting of any kind between these two teams, and our old friend on the back line, the face of the franchise, the best defender in Major League Soccer, as chosen by Major League Soccer the last two seasons, one Walker Zimmerman. Yeah, fascinating. I mean, he... Made his, he put a stamp on it. I mean, the very first goal in club history scored by Walker Zimmerman. Walker Zimmerman, bleh, Walker Zimmerman has certainly had an outstanding career professionally, but obviously he's really come into his own, anchoring that stingy back line for Nashville. Now, Nashville was a member of the Eastern Conference last season. And this is a team that garnered so many stinking ties. They tied their way all the way into the MLS playoffs. This season, obviously, to maintain, maintain uh, what's the word I'm looking for? To maintain a level of consistency, I guess that would be the term. Yep. They moved on over to the Western Conference. And for the life of me, and I mentioned this on One More Sleep, not a team that I can figure out. Eight, six, and six, but not really good at home. Sitting in third place behind us, because Austin with their uh, tie, no, Austin yep. with their win on Wednesday, uh, uh, leapfrogged us. A team that, you know, again, they, they don't score. They almost, they allow as many goals basically as they score when it comes down to it. And they've had several games in which you have to question how good this team really is. Look, they've beaten Seattle twice. Seattle in the beginning of the season was not what Seattle is later on in the season. They played them on Wednesday and they beat them one to nothing. A very good game. However... That snapped a four-game winless streak. And this is also a team that has lost to the abysmal sporting Kansas City. So can't quite figure out what Nashville is doing. I would say they're playoff bound. But I don't think they're having as easy of a time in the Western Conference as they did in the East. That being said, Hani Mukhtar, second place in terms of the Golden Boot race, just behind Tati Castellanos, who, by the way, Enjoy his highlights. We might not get to enjoy much of him in Major League Soccer after this last game, the Hudson River Derby, in which NYCFC absolutely pulverized the Red Bull. Tati Castellanos, a special player. But Hani Mukhtar, another special player. CJ Sapong, another special player for uh, for Nashville. And other than that, 
Other than that, Dave Romney, their third leading scorer with only two goals. And he didn't even play today. And he didn't even play today. This is a team that is run by Hani, and this is a team that's run by CJ Sapong. And after going through these highlights, you'll clearly understand how and why that's the case. Yeah, looking back on their record last year in the Eastern Conference, they finished tied for second with Philadelphia, technically third in the table on 54 points. They only lost four games last year, Philly, the entire season. But how many did they tie? 18 that's draws. Insane. 18 draws. That Defense. is unbelievable. Yeah, they gave up 33 goals in 34 games last year. However, as Philly likes to say, they are not on pace to give up just 33 goals no, in 34 games. they're 25 right now. That 27 after this after match. Today, yes. Spoil alert. In 21 games, that is uh, their goal differential after this game, by the way, is zero. So they have given up as many as they have scored. Yeah, look, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Philly, when you're talking about the the shock from moving from the Eastern Conference to the Western Conference. Clearly, there's a little bit of a talent divide, not necessarily at the top. I think that Philly and I think maybe New England, NYCFC. New England? Well, they were good last year. Yeah, this year they're also off. Yeah, they're pretty bad. Uh, but I think that the talent level at the top of the East is comparable to some of the teams in the West. But I think that the bottom is where it really starts to fall out. Because, look, let's be honest, Sporting Kansas City and San Jose and Colorado, they've all played well in spurts this season at the bottom of the table for us. But if you look down at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, I got to say the D.C. United and Toronto are still dumpster fires, even though they're not too much farther down on the <laughs> oh, table poor Wayne for the Rooney. supporter shield. He knows what he's getting into, though. Wayne Rooney back in MLS managing the D.C. United. And, well, well, the talks of Jesse Lingard, I mean, that's been real that you know, he's right? linked to D.C. United now. And so now that Wayne Rooney is there, it seems like it's a little bit more of a more of an option. How about Landon might be coming to manage the San Jose Earthquakes. That could be interesting. Well, what happens point. if the San Diego Loyal end up in MLS? They're not going to end up in MLS. That is not going to happen. Eh, maybe not. Not going to happen. Anyways, uh, look, th- this is a fun matchup, though. It's two versus three coming into it. One versus five coming out of it, which is kind of crazy. The The shift in the standings there with RSL and Minnesota with their results today. So two versus three going in. One versus five coming out. And Philly... Look, lots of cool things to talk about, right? First ever match against Nashville, first with Walker, all that good stuff. But man, all everybody really wanted to care about was Gareth Bale and Chiellini. When we got the starting lineups, and I'll let you get into the black and gold in just a second, it was nothing but joy for the LAFC faithful. But for Nashville, coming out in a 4-4-2, our second straight game, seeing a team come out in 4-4-2, uh, look, goalkeeper, I I clearly made a mistake because I didn't change the coach, the coach of Nashville I have down here. as Gary Greg. Smith. Yeah, Gary Smith. I don't know why I have Greg Vanny down here. Gary Smith. Uh, <laughs> you still had your Galaxy notes. I know. Uh, I just have the manager because I fixed everything else. Goalkeeper Joe Willis. Joe Willis has bounced around for a bunch of teams in Major League Soccer. Therefore, on the back line, Daniel John Lovitz. His real middle name isn't John. I just threw it in there. Uh, 13 caps for the U.S. men's national team. Second on the back line, Philly A. Who? Who? Hoosier? Yeah. A, a, the number two draft pick a couple seasons ago and 90% passing accuracy coming in this game. Hell yeah. Super Jack, but he wasn't really super today. Yeah, your boy did not have a good game. Jack Mayer. Uh, does no relation to John Mayer, by the way, which is kind of disappointing. We already talked about Walker Zimmerman, the fourth defender, Eric Miller on the midfield, Randall Leal, Ta Anunga, Alex Mule, 
And Dax McCarty, the old man in Nash, Vegas, he was the sixth player in league history, uh, was it two years ago, I think, a year ago, uh, to go over 400 regular season caps and Philly counting playoff games. He is almost at 460 major league soccer games played. That's that's a great career for Dax McCarty. His mother's name is Dot. Is that true? Yeah. Dot yeah. gave Dax the name Dot. Yeah. Okay. Friends with her on Facebook. Are you really? I mean, it, well, it, this this is like not even a joke. Like she just no, popped I, up on, I guess because she might have known a lot of people that I know via the indoor soccer world. And I saw Dot McCarty. I thought, no way. And like, yeah. And then I befriended her. And then she accepted me. But then her account got hacked. Yeah, because you get like, you know, these are the weird emails from people. Oh, right. hey, you're like, you appeared in this video. Click this link. Oh, did you click the link? No, of okay, course good. not. Don't I'm, click that link. It's like, I, I don't have a conversation with somebody. All of a sudden, they're like, hey, I saw you in a video. Yeah, no, man. Yeah, no. see, Dot McCarty. That, that, look, these are the nuggets that we at Defenders of the Brain can bring you. Where <laughs> are you getting these kind of Dot McCarty? Dot McCarty, Howard Edward Butt. I mean, come on. It doesn't get any better than this. And Dot, we know you're a big fan of the show. So thank you for listening. We appreciate it. You can never, ever deny the fact that we don't do our research. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Forwards, you mentioned CJ Sapong, 88 goals in 330 MLS matches. And Hani Mukhtar, he will be in Minnesota representing Nashville along with Walker Zimmerman at the All-Star Game because he is very, 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 very good. In the 18, I was excited to see Ake Loba, the super sub from Cote d'Ivoire, which, by the way, it's Ivory not, Coast. It's not Ivory Coast anymore, people. They have officially changed their name to Cote d'Ivoire. So, no more Ivory Coast. Uh, Teal Bunbury, almost 350 games played in Major League Soccer, including this one. Luke Hawkinson, and I definitely didn't expect him to be from like Park Grove, Minnesota or something like that. I definitely <laughs> thought he was a, a foreign-born player. We unfortunately, Philly, didn't get a chance to see two of the former gals on the club. That would be Dave Romney and Ethan Zubak. Aw, so The sad. gals. Gals. Very emasculating name you just gave me. I don't know why I would do that. No, I don't know why you would do that That being either. said, Philly, that's the team in bright yellow. What about the black and gold? Oh, my God. Let's talk about the lineup for the black and gold. It's... It shouldn't come as a surprise because it's actually the lineup you and I predicted on we a little did. more sleep. I we mean, did. we were down to a T. And after the scoring line, shoot, considering the fact that I normally choose 3-1, I, I chose 2-1. Spoiler alert. I think I'm going to play a lottery ticket. That's hey. Sexy as a rooster in a... It, wait, what was it again? Go ahead. In a sock. A rooster in a sock. Wait, hold on. Did I, I just am sure that, that way 100% butchered oh my God. that one. I totally butchered it. A rooster in a... If you guys had rooster no, in no, a no, sock... No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. On your Defenders of the Bank bingo cards, please cross off rooster in a sock. Hold on. I, right I said now. something, though. It was like sexy you, as a... Um, yeah. Go ahead. Oh my God, I can't remember it. Now he has to Google it again. I gotta Google what I said. Uh, this is hilarious. Things only Tennesseans say. Oh my God. This, this is totally this falling is, off the rails. No, this the rails are gone because Rooster in a Sock just happened on this podcast. Isn't that what I just said? Oh, sexier than socks on a rooster. There you go. What Not did a, I say? A rooster in a sock. <laughs> Two very <laughs> but, different but, things. But technically, socks nope. on a rooster could be a rooster in a sock. Nope. Potato, potato, whatever. All right. So in between the pipes, I swear I'm going to fall on the rails now. Right. Maxime Cripo, Franco Escobar, Jesus David Murillo. And at this point, Scarf might have needed a cigarette because he is. was completely filled with excitement. Giorgio Chiellini making his first ever oh. start and his debut in Major League Soccer for the black and gold. Thank Ryan you. Hollingshead completes that back line. The midfield, no surprise there. Jose Cifuentes, who holy Olito, he was killing it this season. Ilya Sanchez, who needs to keep his hands off CJ Sapong. <laughs> Kellen Acosta, who at times 
vanished. And then we got Mahala, Chicho, and Vela. Our bench, we got Big John McCarthy, Eddie Segura, Mamadou Fall, Latif Blessing, Gareth freaking Bale. I can't believe we have Gareth Bale. Ismail Tajiri Shradi, which, yes, it's been a while since we've seen him. Sebastian Ibiaga, and man, wow, craziness, craziness. And as you alluded to earlier in the game, 92 degrees in Nashville, 62% humidity, hydration breaks being a thing. And at the end of the day, Chiellini also said it got hot in Nashville. And this game certainly got hot. Let's get into it. Roll to it. As George Michael would say, let's go to the videotape. Ah, George Michael, the sports machine. Yes, wow. not the singer. I remember that. I, I do. Because you're old. R- remind. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. Remind me, Philly, to talk more about Jose Cifuentes and his first game in the number 20 kit afterwards because I like to go to a little site called FOTMOB, F-O-T-M-O-B, because they do a lot of player ratings and some things like that. And I got some things to say about Jose Cifuentes after the match. Turns out he's really, really, really good. And Philly, some of the things that have given LAFC trouble this year, uh, the occasional dumb foul and dumb play, and we'll talk about those in a little bit. And the second thing that's sort of given LAFC a little bit of trouble, at least at first to start games, are teams that play an especially high line, especially those that are pretty disciplined and don't go chasing the ball even though they're playing a high line. And Nashville began the game doing that. I thought it took LAFC about five, six, seven, maybe even 10 minutes or so uh, to figure out that high line. Uh, Mahala hurt his ear about five minutes into the game. That's really the first highlight I had. of. He took a shoulder. I mean, I wouldn't say it hurt his ear, but the fact that there was contact, you mentioned like the way that teams play LAFC in the past. Teams would be very physical with LAFC. LAFC, a beautiful team, but very finesse. They always had problems with teams that were physical against them. Portland was always very physical. And obviously a team like Nashville, without a doubt, coming in and being physical and setting the, you know, setting the precedent, setting a statement with that shoulder bump, like incidental contact. Obviously, Mahala's going against somebody who's twice his size, but, uh, I mean, that was a straight shoulder check. Yeah. Look, that's, that's okay. I mean, I, I just, Mahala stayed down an awful long time, which I'm not really a big fan of, but that's okay. Uh, in the seventh minute, we got our first test, sort of, I guess, for Maxime Cropot. Uh Alex Mule with the shot, but, I mean, Maxime saw it the whole way, so no big deal there. Uh, and then, look, I, I thought it was great defending by Jesus David Murillo in the seventh minute and terrible defending by Jesus David Murillo in the eighth minute as he <laughs> almost gives the ball right back to Nashville, right in the center of the park. That would have been terrible. Uh, I really did think that even, look, even 12 minutes into the game, right, that counter by Nashville where Sapong just missed that header wide. It was Chiellini versus Hani Mukhtar 1v1. Yep. I thought maybe Chiellini could have closed him down a little bit more, but... Uh, CJ got behind his defender and just pushed that header wide. We got lucky, Philly, just 12 minutes in. Oh, without a doubt. And that's the dangerous connection. That's your offensive threat on Nashville. It's Mukhtar and it's CJ Sapong. Mukhtar being the team's leading scorer. CJ Sapong being the team's leader in assists. Hani Mukhtar scoring game after game. I think he had, what, four straight games in which he scored a goal. And CJ Sapong only one assist shy of tying his season all-time career high. These are the players we needed to watch out for. These are the players that became dangerous right off the bat. Chiellini, 
And we're going to give a, we give our analysis and our thoughts about him after he comes off, subbing in for, by the way, Eddie Segura. Wow, that's an explosion if you really think about it. But that really was a good opportunity. We certainly got lucky at the fact that C.J. Sapong headed that wide right of Maxime Kripal. Yeah, you mentioned Nashville came out physical, but Alex Mule a little too physical in the 13th minute. An elbow to Ryan Hollingshead, and that gives us the first yellow of the game, matching their kits beautifully, I might add. And in the 16th minute, you mentioned it, the two guys to watch out for. Mukhtar, again, cannot connect with CJ Sapong, but it was close. In the 18th, Ta Anunga picking up a yellow card for a bad foul as well. We're talking about two yellows within 20 minutes. And then, look, I thought Nashville really put the, the pedal to the metal for the next couple minutes. Walker Zimmerman missing a shot. CJ Sapong having a shot saved. That was Daniel Lovitz on that cross, by the way. And I really do like... Dan- now you're just thinking of John Lovitz. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I did that. Yep. I can't the, help it. The Critic, by the way. What a great show. John Lovitz and The Critic. I just imagine him in, in the movie Wedding Singer. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't no sock in my pants. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Philly. We're- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're going to flash forward uh, 23rd minute. I I guess that was a a left-footed shot there by Mahala. That was all well and good. Saved easily there. Right now the hands of Joe Willis. By Joe Willis. But Philly, the 27th minute, we got to break out the Barry Manilow once again because it was Chicho. Chicho Arango keeps on surpassing Rossi with all his golosos. Kind of wedged that one in there, but I like it. Look, it was a beautiful play on that goal. Let's be honest. It all starts with a pass from Giorgio Chiellini, who finds Carlos Vela. And look, you mentioned it. Carlos Vela, he is going to be doing some very special things for the rest of the season. I think he's going to lead the league in assists at the end of the year. That's what you've said. He doesn't get one on this play. But he made it happen. He did. It was a back heel pass to Ryan Hollingshead. Hollingshead with a pass across the box, and Sifu lets it through yep. to Chicho from a tough angle. One nothing LAFC Philly. And Chicho loves those tough angles, man. No, he does. And look, the little thing about Chicho, so when he collected the pass, that was great. It was fantastic, but he still needed to get by his defender. And that's really what made the um the play happened. Like, yes, Hollings had connected with him, but Chicho still had to work to get that goal. Joe Willis didn't have a shot at getting it. And that's what? Chicho's sixth in seven games? Yeah. I mean, Chicho yeah. is now leading the team in scoring. He led the team in scoring last week, but now his eighth goal of the season. Ryan Hollingshead, he hasn't started every single game, but man, he offensively for us is exceptionally important. He collects an assist there. He still himself has, what, four goals on the season. It was a beautiful play. And 27 minutes in, battling that humidity, Chicho Arango, a heck of a play. LAFC up one to nothing. Yeah, look, Holling said, you mentioned it, Philly. He has been extremely important for us on the offensive end. He did play a full 90, spoiler alert here. And by the way, how about 90% passing accuracy for Ryan Hollingshead? Oh, no, that's incredible. Oh, I, I, I was stumbling in my head about who, um, who, who Chicho got by. It was Lovitz. Yeah, it was Lovitz. <laughs> it was Lovitz. Yep. Uh, so we can be a critic about that if we want to. I'll see myself He's out. He's losing his uh, mind. In the 31st minute, chaos in the box. But you know what? It was a kind of a bend but don't break philosophy at first. You got two center backs getting used to each other. You got Hollingshead obviously playing for Cheeky Palacios, who was out due to yellow card accumulation. So it was a, a little bit of a makeshift back line in that this line had probably not practiced much together at all this season. 
Uh, but great defending after Sapong looked like he was in a dangerous spot. And in the 32nd, Philly, almost another for your boy Chicho Arango. It was Mahala to Sifu to Chicho, and he had a little backheeled shot on that one. It deflected, I think, once and then corralled by Joe Willis, if I remember correctly. And in the 36th, It bounced off of Miller and it went to Willis. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Uh, in the 36th, LSC scrambling a little bit more on D, just bending, no breaking. And in the 38th minute, yeah. All right. Here's how my note went. Uh, 38th minute corner for Nashville, defended over the bar, and another corner over to the opposite side where Maxime flies in to corral the ball. And whew, the ref misses Ilya grabbing Sapong's jersey. And then VAR happened, Philly. VAR. Yeah, yeah, no, VAR is obviously a double-edged sword, and for us it stabbed us right in the junk. There was no doubt that um, Ilya slipped. And he and Sapong managed to get by him, but Ilya reached out his hand, and it was it was quick, sleight of hand. Like three seasons ago, this wouldn't ever matter. He dragged Sapong down, but obviously there was a patch of grass there that was wet. If Ilya slipped, I have no doubt that Sapong would have slipped with him. But the frustrating part about that is neither of which were in any contention of actually playing that ball. Yeah, there was nothing there. VAR goes in there, determines absolutely you can't do that. You can't tug down on a player's jersey or kit, rather. And then, of course, that leads to our, the dreaded 11-meter penalty kick. And who else but the second-leading scorer in Major League Soccer, Hani Mukhtar. Scarf, why don't you walk us through that 11-meter kick? Yeah, look, Hani, it was a close one, right? Hani bangs it off the inside post. Maxime Cropo guessing kind of the wrong way anyway on that one. And look, it was a it was a perfect shot. I think even if Maxime guesses correctly, the angle on that was beautiful. I don't think anyone was stopping Hani Mukhtar from uh, from scoring that one the way that he put it through. Well, Hani Mukhtar almost stopped Hani. Mukhtar I was going to say it was close. If that ball was six inches or four inches, maybe even over to the left, that ball pings off the post. Uh, but look, it was a stupid, 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 stupid foul by Ilya, and we've seen him now a couple times this season. Look, I love Ilya Sanchez. He has played fantastically well. But a couple times this season, he has cost us a goal. It's something that Jesus David Murillo was doing at the beginning of the season, kind of some silly fouls, some silly tactics. This one, though, completely unnecessary. Rely on your defenders. If the guy gets by you, you know what? You just got to yell help like a guy who gets by you on a pick and roll in basketball and do the best you can to defend it. You can't pull down a guy, especially when it was that obvious. And Philly, after four minutes of stoppage time in which Walker took out Chicho Arango pretty solidly. He just introduced himself. Uh, Hey, I used to play for you. Right? And then uh, Ryan Hollingshead, weaving through the box. Ryan Hollingshead, weaving through the box. And then the ball falls to Sifu and his blast, a diving save from Joe What You Talking About, Willis. And that ends the <laughs> first half. That's a different half. strokes reference for that those is. young people who don't know what we're talking one, about. 1-1 one Philly going into the half. But I have to be honest, I thought we dominated the first half, at least from the eye test. Yeah, I mean, in the first 13 minutes, I mean, we killed it in possession. But as the next, uh, the rest of the half went through, it was relatively even. Uh, Nashville had the edge on us in terms of shots at 8-6, to six, and both teams with three on target. So a fairly evenly matched game. Uh, one would say that LAFC, here's the thing about Nashville. They're so stingy when it comes to their back line. Anytime LAFC had the ball, we would count seven, eight, nine people out there yeah. playing defense. So, I mean, it was like a, a parking the bus situation. It's tough to thread that needle. The way to obviously beat Nashville is to catch them on a mistake and then burn them on a counter, which is obviously what happened when we scored the goal in the 27th minute. But Nashville, 
Not an easy team to score against. This was the 26th goal of the 2022 campaign that they allowed, but it was very hard fought. The unfortunate thing was that Ilya Sanchez pulled down a CJ Sapong, really almost his time is expiring within the uh, the end of the half. Let's Nashville it gives them the impression that hey, you know what? We're still in this game, despite the fact that LAFC was doing what they had to do. They're still very much in this game, but the mystique, the uh, the the X factor. Although he didn't really make too much of an offensive contribution, we still have our lethal weapon, arguably somebody who could be the most lethal weapon in Major League Soccer. Gareth Bale still sitting on the bench, by the way. Yeah, look, we we had a couple of players we would see a little bit later on. Philly giving up that goal, LAFC just their twenty second goal conceded in twenty matches. And, and look to to put it in perspective, no team has given up fewer matches or fewer matches, excuse me, fewer <laughs> goals in uh, in the Western Conference. I'll, I'll pull it together, I promise. No team has given up fewer goals in the Western Conference than LAFC's Correct. 22. You got Philly, NYCFC, Columbus, and New York. All Well, Columbus and New York tied with us on 22, NYCFC at 21. Philly, I mean, they're playing really good defense. Philly at right 15. Now. I mean, Philly is the team to beat. Philly at 15. Screw and you, Ernst. And they've played one more game than we have. So this is a very, very good defending team. But that being said, uh, 1-1 going into the second half. I thought, and I said this on One More Sleep, we might see Chiellini get 45 and then Eddie Segura get 45. But no substitutions after the halftime break for Steve Chirundolo. And thank goodness, because Philly, it took just one minute into the second half. It is Carlos Vela with an absolute dime. If you guys watch NFL Today or NFL Tonight, they do those absolute dime passes from the quarterbacks. This was an absolute dime from Carlos Vela and his right foot to the head of Ryan Hollingshead, who had a heck of an attempt oh, yeah. from like that should have been three or four yards out. He should have had it. That would have helped your boy Vela get the assist lead or at least uh, get closer to the assist lead. But luckily, Jose Cifuentes and Chicho Arango, but Chicho took a bad angle. Jose Cifuentes is there. And what I loved about this goal, Philly, and I was talking about this with our buddy Vic from Athletes in the Making, who was sitting next to us. Shout out to Vic. Uh, I said, you know what I loved about this? If this might have been Brian or it might have been Christian Ramirez or one of those guys who, who get a little too finessey with the ball right out in front, maybe he finds a way to poach that and push it over the post or, or over the crossbar, excuse me, or wide of the post. Jose Cifuentes hammered the heck out of that ball, Philly, and there was no doubt. That ball punches the polyurethane, as Philly likes to say, and just like that, one minute in, back on top, LAFC up 2-1. Six goals. Six goals for Jose Cifuentes. Unbelievable. I think you and I, just out of sheer curiosity, we're looking at some of the most valuable players in Major League Soccer. We happen to come across a page that was the most valuable eleven. And Jose Cifuentes in that back line, along with Chiqui Palacios. Jose, wait, no, Jose Cifuentes was in the midfield. I'm sorry. Chiqui Palacios <laughs> in the back line. But man, Sifu having an unbelievable year. Again, have to pay more attention to him defensively. And the only reason I say that is because it's something Steve Chirundolo said in last week's press conference against the Galaxy that Jose Cifuentes is amazing. He even called him the best player on LAFC last season. But if Jose Cifuentes can improve himself defensively, there's no doubt in any of our minds that this kid's going to have a shot and an ability to play in Europe. He is that prototypical John Thornton player in which you're looking at a player from South America, you bring him in, you develop him, and you sell him at a profit. 
but not before we win a major league soccer trophy. Thank you very much. But man, six goals on the season. Jose Cifuentes with authority smashes it two to one. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, that was my score prediction. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, in the 50th minute, Chicho Rockets won over the bar. A little too high there. And in the 52nd, I just love the aggression from Maxime Cropot today, diving out to snag the ball once again. He just he looks so confident out there when he does it. I, I have flashbacks of Tyler Miller and the one step forward, two steps back, and oh God, now I'm in no man's land kind of a thing. Uh, and just to see him move, Kenneth Vermeer didn't move all that well in keeper. So it, it is a blast to watch Maxime Cropot back there. In the 56th minute, though, Philly, we got lucky that it was old man Dax McCarty on this ball and not maybe Hani Mukhtar. And I loved the what what uh, Vic called this. Uh, Dax McCarty just whiffed on this ball. The set piece finds Alex Mule, whose header is played across to Dax McCarty. Dax is five, eight yards from the uh, from the goal. A bunny. And and literally just whiffs on it and my favorite our buddy Vic said yeah he just Charlie Browned it <laughs> and any of you have seen what poor Lucy does to Charlie Brown anytime he goes to kick that football that is exactly what it looked like the Dax McCarty did Dax McCarty this was not one of your better of the 450 some odd MLS games you've played well thank god I mean we wouldn't have wanted to have him capitalized on nope it, but man that's a that's an attempt he would when he goes back to see the videotape of this game this is a this is a goal that he would probably like smack and 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 hit nine out of ten times. Oh yeah! It just so happened that that one out of ten <laughs> was, was right against now. us. Unfortunately for us, because that was the equalizer right there. In fact, that was the last real opportunity of an equalizer, if I'm not mistaken, that Nashville had throughout the rest of the second half. Yeah, if not for a couple of silly fouls, I don't think Nashville gets anywhere near the box until about the 80th, 84th minute, somewhere around there. Let's talk about the hour mark, though. As Ryan Holling said, misses wide on a great shot from distance, but we loved him taking the shot from distance. We were all calling for the shot, and he banged the one-timer just wide there. Maybe Chicho Arango nets that one and not Ryan Holling said. But also in the 60th minute, Philly, the end of the debut for Giorgio Chiellini. He comes out after an hour. If you're Major League Soccer teams and you are scouting and you are trying to figure out LAFC... And you say that you see that they bring off world class defender Giorgio Chiellini, and they bring on Eddie Segura. Are you kidding me right now? The backline depth that Steady Eddie is now coming off the bench after sixty minutes of Giorgio Chiellini, Philly. Our backline is incredible if they are healthy. I mean, it's about time. Our backline was an Achilles heel for so many seasons. Giorgio Chiellini, a tender and young and very much in shape, 38 years old. He's been here, what, a couple of weeks? He hasn't played a game in well over a month, uh, playing in conditions that he's not accustomed to, uh, <clears throat> 92 degrees and 60-something percent humidity. No, thank you. Yeah, they don't have that in, uh, in northern Italy. They don't have that in Torino. So that's obviously something he had to get in. But Steve Trondolo said he was very happy with the way Chiellini performed formed in one of the best things I saw I think it was on like no context LAFC uh, the Instagram <laughs> handle <laughs> he's running into the box he does a little whoop on Hani Mukhtar's head I mean hilarious you want to talk about getting into the head of your opponents do that by tapping whoop, the top of their head it was we I had that on repeat and we were just cracking up about it for like five minutes before we came to record this uh no context LAFC if you're not following no context it's LAFC, funny stuff you really should follow there's there's some great Twitter accounts right now of course we got drunken JT out there and and uh, everyone's favorite one this season is did LAFC win right that's <laughs> a great one and then of course no context LAFC 
And who can forget Team Security Paul? That's another Bone another Storm. great one as well. Oh, Bone Storms, our buddy out there. Uh, in the first half, it was Walker Zimmerman steamrolling Chicho. In the second half, it is Walker Not the first time <laughs> steamrolling Mahala. Uh, a set piece and Acosta went for goal. He wasn't super close on that attempt, but maybe Walker should have gotten a card on that one, his second steamrolling of the night. And Philly, my next note is in the 72nd minute. Do you have anything that happened between the 64th and the 72nd minute of note the, for the millions? Uh, and millions. Uh, no. There was a free Perfect. kick by Kellen Acosta. That just went wide left. That was kind of close. Um, That's what I just said. Sixty. Yeah, you said that. That's all. <laughs> 67th minute. Nashville had their subs. Davison Bunbury came in for Moyle and, um, and Dax. So obviously Dax is with. Got him a... a trip right to Gary Smith's bench. Yep. And uh, no, other than that, I can't use the word that I wrote on my notes, but I can say <laughs> I lost my ish when Max Bredos, not Kripo, announced that Gareth Bale just took off his bib. I mean, look, it, it, the and this is cool because this was tweeted out by, oh God, now I'm going to forget who. Um, I might have even, you know what? It might have even been Rich, LAFC Rich, Rich Roscoe. He had tweeted this out. It wasn't just the LAFC supporters, the 3252, the traveling section. It wasn't just them that cheered. Everybody in the stadium, according to Rich, everybody, and we heard it, right? When they saw, when they saw Gareth Bale take off his bib, these fans, these supporters for Nashville get to say that they were there for the moment where Gareth Bale debuted in Major League Soccer. Let's just think about that for a minute. These Nashville supporters get to say that they were there when not just Giorgio Chiellini, but Gareth Bale made his LAFC and Major League Soccer debut in the 72nd minute. I thought maybe they were cheering for Latif Blessing coming off for Ilya, coming on for Ilya Sanchez. That was not the case. Your boy Chicho comes out for Gareth freaking I mean, the leading scorer on the team comes out for Gareth Bale. At one point, Gareth Bale was the most expensive transfer ever, going from Tottenham to Real Madrid. Gareth freaking Bale. The highlight reel by itself is insane. There's no doubt that many of you on your FIFA game probably scored a ton of goals with Gareth Bale on your console. But the fact that he warmed up. The fact that he took off his bib, the fact that we see number 11, Gareth Bale. And by the way, we got to give a big shout out to Jose Cifuentes. He put his post up earlier this past week explaining yeah. the fact that, hey, he's all about the team. The number 11 was very important to him. He wore it forever, but this is more about the team and winning than, than it is about a number. I didn't necessarily really like that. Hopefully, Jose Cifuentes got compensated for it. I could tell you if I was Gareth Bale, I don't think I would have like done anything to take a number. It's, it's just me. It kind of rubbed me a little bit the wrong way, but it doesn't matter. It's going to be one of the hottest jersey sales in Major League Soccer. But to see him come in for Chicho Arango, holy Toledo, Batman. I mean, wow, <laughs> Gareth Bale. The last time we saw him, well, it was a while ago, but he was wearing a Real Madrid jersey. Now he's wearing an LAFC jersey. Holy Toledo Batman. He is, according to one tweet that I saw, he will be making about 95% less this season than he was making in his two contract. Weeks. It took two weeks of salary at Real yep. Madrid yep. to get whatever TAM contract yep. he's getting thus far. But It's unreal. I mean, when you're worth, what, 25, 30 million? I don't know. Like, 
I don't understand that. Like, I'm not an owner of LAFC. Obviously, I'm not an owner of LAFC. What? Neither are you. What? Yeah, right. You'd swear we talk like we did on the team. But at that point, like, it's like, what What does it matter to you? Like, you know, they say that the first million is, is the hardest to make. Well, he's made 25 or 26 of those, if not more. Um, yeah, it's just, it's insane. But at the end of the day, the intangibles, he's not going to Utah because there's nothing to do in Utah. He's coming to L.A., and here's where I truly understood it. When you listen to the press conference, right? Yeah. He, he, he said, what, six six weeks out of the year? Yeah. He, he, summer, he vacations in Los Angeles? Yeah. It obviously made sense as to why he came here, but now he gets to grace our locker room. Look, there's a, wow. a website called WealthyGorilla.com that says Gareth Bale's net worth is roughly $145 million. Where did I get $25 million from? I have no idea. Oh, that was, that was Machine Gun Kelly's net worth. Where did that come from? I went to his concert on Wednesday with Amanda at the Forum. And so you looked up his net worth? I was curious. Oh, jeez. All <laughs> right. Uh, in the 73rd minute, Franco Escobar with a yellow card outside the box on Leal. And, and it was, look, the ball was to the left of the box. And, and you had mentioned, right, that that would be the closest that they would get after that whiff by Dax McCarty. But it's it's these type of things that started to cost LAFC a little bit later in the game. Some silly mistakes that maybe we didn't need to make. And you see Hani Mukhtar go for goal, but unfortunately for him and fortunately for us, he had nothing but side netting, although Max saw it the entire way. How about your first touch from Gareth Bale, or one of his first touches? A back heel, beautiful pass on his first touch in the 75th minute. Latif with a very questionable yellow in the 82nd minute. And again, this is one of those fouls. 10 to 15 yards outside the top of the box. Luckily, nothing comes from it, but you're giving a team a set piece well within their attacking third, and it's one of those things that we just need to avoid. And so we kind of went into lockdown mode, or so we hoped, in the 84th minute as LAFC subs on Sebastian Ibeaga and making his long-anticipated and awaited return to the black and gold lineup Izzy, Ismael Tajuri Shradi. So Ibeaga and Tajuri Shradi, the two NYCFC former players that we picked up in the offseason, come on for Franco Escobar and Mahala as LAFC tries to salt this one away. It was great seeing Izzy back on there. Obviously, he, he scores a goal for LAFC and then he disappears due to injury for several weeks. So this is a kid who's gotten in the scoring column for our team. This is a kid who was very much dependable for NYCFC. This is a kid who actually scored against us last season at the bank to, to, to break our hearts last season. So it's really good seeing him come on the field. And obviously, Sebastian Ibiaga, look, he, he deserved to start. He deserved the minutes that he had, but... I mean, I wouldn't put him over Murray in the, no. in the back line. And honestly, I wouldn't put him over Chiellini either. But still nice to see that he's getting his minutes. That, to me, was a... I don't know if I want to call it a strategic uh, substitution. Yeah, maybe. Obviously, you get fresh legs in there. But, I mean, it's just a testament to how hard he worked. Sebastian Ibiaga deserves his minutes. And he certainly deserves to be out there for LAFC. But welcome back, Izzy. Yeah, it was good to see them both uh, both take the pitch and look good and look healthy. In the 86th minute, I really wanted Eddie Segar to stay back on that bus that we were trying to park. He sort of flicked one right at the keeper. It was a bunt. But Eddie Segura looked like he was almost playing wingback in that. We, we were talking about with that, that odd substitution, 
as Ibeaga comes in for Escobar. But what looked like happened, Philly, it looked like that Eddie Segura and, uh, or excuse me, that Sebastian Ibeaga and Jesus David Murillo were the ones again paired up at center back, which meant one of your wing backs is Ryan Hollingshead. The other now is Eddie Segura just coming back from that knee injury. Interesting placement to put him all the way up there playing a, a little bit of wing back. And in the 86th minute after Vela picks Leal's pocket, Hani absolutely cleans out Carlos Vela on that play. Uh, a little uh, retaliation. And then in the 88th minute after he got his pocket picked, he goes to clean out Vela. Leal does. And he earns a yellow for that one. In the 89th, I was really glad it was Hawkinson and not somebody else in the boxes. He couldn't find a way to chest a ball down. That was a pretty decent pass. He had a little bit of space there. And Philly, we got four more minutes of stoppage time. It, it really, the only other opportunity the entire time is when your boy had a chance of putting one by us and didn't quite. Do yeah, it. no, Jack, Super Jack, Super Hoosier Jack certainly headed it out. And thank God that that really was the only dangerous situation. It was a alpha corner. And the final whistle blows two to one. LAFC nabs its 16th point on the road. LAFC has now won a grand total of five games on the road. They've lost three and they've lost one. And the insane part about this is they don't have the best away record in Major League Soccer. Nope. No, that belongs to Austin. Austin has a 7-3-2 record on the road, a 5-1-3 record at home. That is the way you're going to compete for the supporter shield is winning on the road so yes austin is the best team on the road the second best team would be the new jersey energy drinks followed by us but important to get these big three points on the road 16 points on the road for lafc it wasn't an easy game nashville is not an easy team they're not a um a mediocre team either. This was a very hard-fought win. Winning on the road in Major League Soccer is a tough thing, but LAFC managed to scrap through. You could you last season, I don't think this is a game that this team would have would have come back from. No. Last season, I feel like they would have fallen off the rails with the tie, and I feel like they would have opened the door to allow Nashville to score. But this team is no doubt different. You can sense it. You can see it in the photographs. This is a team that the only thing they want to do is win the whole freaking thing. You can feel it. You can feel it in the fan base. You can feel it being at Bank of California Stadium. Hell, you can even feel it watching it on the TV screen. This is a team of destiny, Scarf. Yeah, this is a team that's built from the back forward this year. LAFC is all always had an incredibly potent offense. Carlos Vela obviously leading the way, but Brian Rodriguez won two golden boots if you count the one at the uh, COVID Cup tournament. You have very, very good options, whether it was Adama Diamande or sometimes Brian Rodriguez, obviously now Chicho. Did you say Brian Rodriguez won Chicho, golden boots? No, no, no. That was Diego Rossi won golden boots. Uh, Chicho Arango now a huge goal scorer for LAFC. But, I mean, we've even employed guys like, like Bradley Wright Phillips, and they just know what they're doing out there. But for years, like you mentioned, it was the back line, or at least it was the the defensive third that really caused LAFC some trouble. And what we're seeing now is a team that is built, uh, it's kind of the quote, right, from Giorgio Chiellini, like superstars and, and strikers uh, sell tickets, but defenders, de- defenders win, win championships. I think what we saw in this match, Philly, is that already the Giorgio Chiellini effect, can you imagine what it must be like at practice for Eddie Segura for Jesus David Murillo, Sebastian Ubiaga, Mamadou Fall, hell, even Ryan Hollingshead and Franco Escobar and Chiqui Palacios. 
for all these guys to now be taking a masterclass in defense from one of the greatest Italian defenders that the world has ever seen, one of the greatest defenders of the last 20, 25 years on the planet. This is unbelievable that we've already seen the Giorgio Chiellini effect, in my opinion, on a lot of their play. I didn't love some of our set-piece defending, but I don't think that's as much on on the defense, on the back line, on the final four, as it is on just being able to mark your man and know your responsibilities. We saw Ilya was the problem on one of them. So I just think it was such an incredible effort on the defensive end. This is a very good Nashville team, a team that, like we said, was third in the standings in the West coming into this game. They fall to fifth after the match and after other matches have completed. But that being said, uh, Philly, my man of the match, it, it's I think it's shooting fish in a barrel if I say Jose Cifuentes, number 20, Jose Cifuentes. Number 20, number 20. That's uh, Those are big shoes to fill. You yep. see, that jersey number used to belong to one, Edward Atuesta. I, uh, yeah, Jose Cifuentes is having a gem of a season. But I'll tell you this, my player of the match, and you won't see his stats anywhere. I mean, I could say Chicho Arango because, again, the pass he took from Holling said how he put uh, Lovitz in his back pocket was a thing of beauty. But truthfully, none of these goals happen without the playmaking and facilitating of one, Carlos Vela. Yeah. His pass led to Ryan Holling said connecting with Chicho. Boom. And then, obviously, it was his pass once again, connecting with Ryan Hollingshead, hitter off the header, hitter, header off the post, which obviously paved the way for Jose Cifuentes to score that goal. Had things gone the other way, Carlos Vela would have notched himself his ninth assist. Yep. I feel like Carlos Vela is the difference maker. And for anybody who questions and asks, where was Carlos Vela during this whole game? Watch again. He was very much involved in the goals that occur. Yes, he didn't have as many shots. Um, I don't even know exactly how many chances he would have created, but to me, he still deserves the man of the match because his facilitating, his playmaking, his passing is what led to the LAFC goals. And go ahead. No, no, no yeah. I, no, no, no. I, I, I was listening to you, but honestly, I thought something that was really interesting too, Philly. I, I like to go to FOTMOB to see FOTMOB.com, FOTMOB, because it tells you a lot of things like expected goals and 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 who was really... Uh, a lot of those deeper kind of numbers that that don't appear on the back of your tops MLS baseball card or soccer card. Uh, can you believe, Philly? We actually lost in the expected goals category, two point zero one to one point five seven. It's interesting. We Nashville, had more shots on target, didn't yeah, we? Nashville creating more quality chances uh, is what they like to say. Uh, but that being said. Uh, out of all the players, Font Mob assigns a number, and it's anywhere between. Like, usually five is really bad, and anything above eight is really good. Uh, for instance, the worst player out of the starting 11 that was on the pitch today was uh, Joe Willis, 5.6, right? Best player for Nashville, of course, Hani Mukhtar, a 7.7. Well, LAFC had Ryan Hollingshead at 8.1 was the second highest rated player behind Jose Cifuentes at 8.7. I just thought that was really interesting. We have seven and a halfs for Murray, for Chicho, and for Carlos Vela. 7.4 for Chiellini, 7.3 for Acosta. And again, just it was just so special to see these guys out there. Uh, looking at the standings, Philly, after week I believe this is week 20 and not week 21. Uh, after week, no, it is week 21. I apologize. After week 21, 
in MLS once again at the top, despite the continual challenge from Austin. LAFC with a game in hand over Austin is now on top on 42 points. Jackie Robinson getting some love there, 42 points. And our 22 goals conceded again are the best in the West. And after Austin, Philly is on 39 points, NYCFC on 38, and then it drops to 33. So we are, other than Austin, putting a little bit of a distance in the Supporter Shield race, Philly. And we get to travel to beautiful uh, Children's Mercy Park in Sporting KC Land. Don't sleep on the city of Kansas City. I like Kansas City. I mean, I like a lot of the Midwestern cities. I, I've been fortunate enough to travel. And look, I know the, uh, <laughs> the stigma is anything between New York and L.A. Is, is farm country. That's really not the case. Chicago's a fine town. But Kansas City is some of the best barbecue you can get. But that being the case, Sporting Kansas City, not a very good team. No. Nope. There's only two other teams that have allowed more goals yep. in this league than Sporting Kansas City. Yep. So it should be another fun one. It'll be another hot, soupy, humid game for LAFC because Kansas City certainly collects its fair share of humidity. But SKC and Peter Vermees, not the quality side that we have once encountered. No Roger Espinosa, as you said. He's on a red card. Red and, card uh, Roger. <laughs> I mean, their entire season was hexed off of Alan Polito injuring himself during the offseason. This team is falling completely off the rails. It could be a trap game, but honestly, this should be an easy we walk over sporting Kansas City and assert our domination in this league. Yeah, look, they have the worst goal differential in Major League Soccer. They are at minus 19 right now. The next closest to them is the Fighting Wayne Rooney's at minus 16. So this is a game where we should play very well. I am circling my calendar, Philly. I'm not overlooking Sporting KC because you can get in trouble for doing that. But I am circling the 29th because Seattle Sounders always play us well. That's our next home game at Bank California Stadium on the 29th. We got SKC on the 23rd. So Philly, a relatively light schedule for us in terms of LAFC matches. Yeah, but no game should be ever taken lightly. Like you said, it's uh, we're still a couple weeks away from being reunited together at Bank of California Stadium. But we only have, what, six home games left? Uh, that's right, right? I believe, I believe yeah, it's six. Yeah, six games after, obviously, the Seattle game. If that's the case, only five home games left. So this is a season in which we... Need to slow down and enjoy. I don't want to, you know, look too far into the future. We're the best in the West and best in MLS. We're a couple of weeks away from the All-Star game. It's it's amazing that we finally get to relive the amazingness that was once 2019 and once LAFC dominating. But uh, I got to say, I do. And I don't want to say it's because they're in my heads. I take great satisfaction watching the galaxy fall <laughs> to shreds. And big shout out to the Colorado Rapids social media manager. Yeah. If you haven't seen the tweet uh, that Colorado posted at the conclusion of their game against the galaxy, not going to spoil it for you. We retweeted it, right? We, we did, but I implore you to go out there and look for it because utilizing their telescope, they certainly saw a lot of things in their galaxy. And uh, yeah, I just, yeah, and, and Philly, one, one correction. Lose. I hate that flip. One correction, that Seattle game, we only have five left, including the Seattle game. So after Seattle, just four home games remain. Get to the bank. And my favorite part is, Philly, we end our season with Nashville. Nashville, decision day. That's right. We got Walker coming in on decision day. We got Houston at home. And then we get to see Wayne Rooney at home, man. That's wow, I didn't cool. even think about that. We get to see Wayne Rooney at the bank, something we could we didn't think we'd be able to say. 
We didn't get a chance to do that last time because when Wayne Rooney was on DC United, LAFC was on the road. Yep. I remember that because I was in New York at the time. Yeah, um, man. Wow, we get to see... Yo, we might need to like cop some field club tickets for that game. <laughs> Wait, anybody out there have uh, field club tickets? Maybe I, talk to us. We can. Yeah, we'll trade you our founders club for that. You don't need to see Wayne Rooney. You don't care. We care. <laughs> Wait a minute. You and I don't have seats together, though. That would mean that someone's sitting next to Nina and someone's sitting next to Amanda. I don't care. I would sell Panda for the opportunity to see Wayne Rooney. That's how you sleep on the couch, my friend. Nah, she's not going to hear this. Look, it's been 203 episodes. Philly hasn't learned how to stay off of the couch. But you know what we do every single episode and how we like to end it. You guys will be back again in about a week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.